QST from W1AW, the American Radio Relay League, ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio in Newington, Connecticut. This is the ARRL Aries Audio e-letter for September 19, 2018. The ARRL Aries Audio e-letter is a voice version of the ARRL Aries e-letter, which is compiled by Rick Palm, K1CE, in Daytona Beach, Florida. My audio script editor is Al Brown, KZ3AB in Laurel, Maryland. And I'm Tony Riggs, W1FHN, reporting from Lanham, Maryland. In this month's issue, we have Hudson Hams Support Demanding New York City Triathlon, Ohio Operators Active for Storms, Exercises, Lessons Learned, San Francisco's 2-meter FM QSO Party, A Model for the Rest of Us, ARRL Section News, Shameless Self-Promotion, and K1CE for a Final, My Project of the Month. But before we get to those stories, here are some Aries briefs. Hurricane Florence Response As this is written, September 16th, Storm Florence continues to dump historic amounts of rain, leaving much of the Carolinas inundated with dangerous, overwhelming flooding. The flooding has extended into portions of Virginia and West Virginia. The ARRL News Desk's Rick Lindquist, WW1ME, posted comprehensive reports on the advancement and landfall phases of Hurricane Florence and the responses of the various amateur radio nets and organizations. North and South Carolina's emergency management agencies and FEMA are reporting that they remain in the response phase of the disaster. ARRL headquarters provided support to the ARRL field organization and ARIES in the form of ham aid shipments and other support. ARRL shipped seven kits to South Carolina by way of Georgia on September 11th to assist with emergency preparedness needs in advance of Hurricane Florence. These kits are the same ones that ARRL volunteers took to Puerto Rico a year ago to assist with disaster communications following Hurricane Maria. This month is National Preparedness Month. Make and practice your plan. National Preparedness Month, or NPM 2018, began on Saturday, September 1st. This year's theme is Disasters Happen, Prepare Now, Learn How. Each week, we'll highlight tips and steps to take an important preparedness action. The theme for the first week of NPM, September 1st through 8th, was Make and Practice Your Plan. Learn how with steps from the Ready Campaign. Make an emergency plan, including how you and your family and household will communicate after a disaster. Sign up for alerts and warnings in your area. And learn your evacuation zone and make an evacuation plan. Take action this month to prepare your family, organization, or community. You can find more resources, including the NPM Social Media Toolkit, at www.ready.gov September. That URL again is www.ready.gov September. Now, here are this month's stories. Hudson Hams support demanding New York City triathlon. 
On Sunday, July 1, 2018, 30 amateur radio operators from the Hudson Division supported the 18th running of the New York City Triathlon. This year's event provided some substantial challenges for competitors, spectators, and volunteers alike. Air temperatures were already in the mid-80s at the 5.50 a.m. start time, with heat indexes rising to 107 degrees near the conclusion of the event. The 2X UNYC Triathlon is not your typical marathon event. Athletes must first complete a 1,500-meter swim in the Hudson River, then run to one of two transition areas where they doff their wetsuit for cycling apparel and complete a 25-mile loop on the Henry Hudson Parkway to the Bronx. Then they transition for a changeover to the run segment, which is a 6.2-mile or 10-kilometer route into the finish line in Manhattan Central Park. Ham operators are assigned to critical observation points and medical aid stations along the course, reporting athletes down for medical issues or athletes need assistance with mechanical issues on the bike segment. Hams are also stationed at the three critical locations on the swim segment, the start barge, where the athletes enter the water, the swim exit barge, where athletes leave the water to run to transition, and the B-dock where athletes needing immediate medical attention are transferred for extraction from the water. Hams are always the extra eyes and ears working with the safety team to ensure a safe event. Unique to this New York City area event is the assignment of ham radio operators on motorcycles to patrol the four zones that make up the bike segment. Pete Santarella, KC2QXC, Harvey Klein, WS2Q, Carlos Varone, K2LCV, and Ed Akins, KD2OOF, ride in the emergency lanes along the bike route and report athletes with mechanical or medical problems to the net control station in the command center. The Moto Hams are given a bag of bike parts and tools that they can offer an athlete with mechanical problems. But under the rules, the Hams cannot touch the tools or help make repairs. Most of the time, the athletes are able to make their own repairs and get back underway. This year was the third year that DMR radios and repeaters were used for triathlon safety communications. The system continues to perform extremely well. Several repeater organizations and owners support the event, which offers coverage of the course with both analog and digital nets. The three net control station operators, Rob Yenis, KC2ILP, Jameson Provan, N2WNU, and Stu Seat, WA2JNF, are in the command center, along with the event supervisors and representatives of the New York Police Department, the Fire Department of New York EMS, and other key agencies. The incident commanders have come to rely on the HAMS for situational awareness, and the HAMS are glad to be in a position to provide it. This year, more than 4,000 athletes competed in the event, and HAMS were there every step of the way to help ensure their safety. We are grateful to have such a dedicated and talented pool of amateur radio operators willing to volunteer their time for this and the numerous other events in the New York City area. Thanks to Mike Heft, K 
K2MPH in Mineola, New York, for this report. We have to take a short break now for station identification. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the ARRL Aries Audio e-letter for September 19, 2018. Up next is Ohio Operators Active for Storms, Exercises, Lessons Learned. Northeast Ohio Aries operators were busy as they responded to an activation for damage assessment and participated in two major exercises, all on Wednesday, August 15, 2018. The Youngstown area was hit by weekend storms beginning Friday, August 11th. Aries District EC Dennis Conklin, AI8P, was notified by Mahoning EC David Brett, KD8NZF, that the county needed help in performing damage assessment for a large area. While Conklin made his way to Youngstown, Ohio SEC Stan Broadway, N8BHL, put out a call for volunteers from District 5 and District 10, which covered the majority of northeast Ohio counties. More than a dozen Aries operators responded, along with a contingent of CERT volunteers from a neighboring county. The volunteers held a short briefing, then began the long task of going door-to-door to inquire about damages. The surveys continued Thursday, with a morning crew made up of CERT and VOAD, that's Voluntary Organizations Active in Disaster, volunteers, and an afternoon crew of all Aries volunteers. That call came when other northeast Ohio counties were already involved in two major exercises— one at the Cleveland-Burke Lakefront Airport, where six Aries volunteers assumed the task of tracking patient transport in a multi-casualty drill. The other involved nearby Lake Kioga and Ashtabula counties, as the state conducted an exercise involving the Perry Nuclear Power Plant. More than two dozen amateurs there, and five at the Ohio State EOC's station W8SGT, followed the day-long exercise. Primarily an EOC exercise, each of the counties dispatched Aries members to different locations as part of the drill. The Ohio EMA confirmed later that the Ohio Aries volunteers helped assess 416 homes, four of which were totally destroyed, one had major damage, and the other 411 homes sustained minor damage. ARRL Ohio Section Manager Scott Yonnelly, N8SY, said it just shows how Aries groups can work together and help our local government agencies with manpower, even when it's not primarily a communications event. On August 20th, Mahoning County EMA Director Dennis O'Hara wrote to the County Aries Group volunteers, I would like to thank you for assisting and coordinating with the Aries volunteers to conduct the damage assessment. We were able to make positive contact with over 400 homes and businesses on 70-plus streets in the affected areas. Mr. O'Hara also wrote, I am proud of the coordination between the EMA and Aries. I look forward to working with Aries and continuing to foster the relationship between the organizations. Now here are lessons learned. Two important aspects came to light from this busy day. 
First, particularly in the middle of a workday, resources were scarce locally. More often, we need to approach events on a regional basis. This applies to large events or activity in counties with a smaller Aries population. District ECs must keep up on their area plans. The second is that activations may come nearly instantly. There was no time to plan in advance. This means we must stay ready to go literally on a moment's notice. This report comes from Stan Broadway, N8BHL, the Ohio Section Emergency Coordinator. Thank you, Stan. San Francisco's 2-meter FM CUSO party, a model for the rest of us. The San Francisco 2-meter FM CUSO party is a contest sponsored by the San Francisco Radio Club, W6PW, and designed to give 2-meter operators, both beginner and veteran alike, the chance to participate in a fun radio contest that helps them learn their radios and the skills necessary to operate them for more demanding situations such as emergencies, disaster responses, and public events support. The CUSO party takes place every summer, and this year it was run on Saturday, August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. The contacts are limited to FM simplex on the 2-meter band, and at least one end of the CUSO must be within San Francisco. There are three exchange items, call sign, operator's first name, and zip code. There are three power levels, QRP, 10 watts or less, that would be a handheld, low, 10 to 100 watts, and high, 100 watts or more. There are two entry categories, fixed and mobile. If a station gives out more than one zip code during the contest, that station is automatically designated mobile. A fixed station means that the participant will operate from one fixed location during the entire contest, possibly from a remote location. A mobile station may operate from more than one location. Recommended frequencies are between 146.415 MHz and 146.550 MHz with a CTCSS or PL tone of 100 Hz. Participants are advised to listen before transmitting, making sure the frequency is not in use, and move to an open frequency if it is in use. A log sheet is available, and Joe Humphreys, WA3TSP, has written a logging program for computers running Windows. The URL for that is www.sfsunset.com slash logger. And I'll repeat that URL. It's www.sfsunset.com slash logger. And S-F-S-U-N-S-E-T is taken together as one word. Each station worked is worth one point. A fixed station may be worked only once, while a mobile station may be worked more than once if it has moved to a different zip code. The multiplier is the number of different zip codes worked. Thanks to Duane Mariotti, WB9RER, for suggesting the FM Simplex contest as worthy of national attention. 
Up next is ARRL Section News. Maryland, D.C. Section. The ARRL Maryland, D.C. Section staff issued the following bulletin in advance of Hurricane Florence this past week. Although Hurricane Florence is not expected to strike the MDC section directly, the residual effects will. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser have declared states of emergency in advance of the arrival of Hurricane Florence. These cyclones are notoriously unpredictable, so please plan early for significant wind, heavy rain, and flooding in your area. Please be ready to assist in amateur radio communications when dangerous weather impacts your communities. If needed, we'll send more updates in the days to follow. Be safe. Be prepared. In other section news, Maryland, D.C. Section Emergency Coordinator James Montgomery, WB3KAS, has announced that he and Wanda Montgomery, KA3AHI, continue to schedule visits and presentations to as many ARIES and club groups throughout the section as possible. The topics are Section Interoperability and the Section Healthcare Emergency Communications Program. There will be more ARRL section news to follow, but first, it's time once again to pause for a few seconds to allow repeaters to identify. This is the ARRL Aries Audio e-letter for September 19, 2018. Now we'll continue with more ARRL section news. This from the Western Washington section. Aries supports active shooter exercise in Clallam County, Western Washington. The members of our Aries group are not just waiting and training for the big one, the Cascadia earthquake, or helping out with local marathon events. For the second year in a row, members of the Callum County Aries group were part of an active shooter training exercise. As shootings at schools and public gathering points keep increasing, the authorities keep working on preparing for these incidents. The Clallam County Sheriff's Department conducts training each year to educate as many first responders as possible in the proper techniques of conducting operations during these incidents, including neutralizing the threat, evacuating victims, and reuniting families of victims and offering counseling to all who need it. Safety is a major concern during these exercises and procedures. In this latest exercise on August 10, 2018, there were officers from a nearby prison, tribal police, sheriff's deputies, ambulance crews from four local cities, the local county fire personnel, and even the Coast Guard as part of the evacuation effort of injured. Aries personnel provided communications between the instructors and locations being used so that all of the regular communications that would be and are occurring on the various agencies' radios is not interfered with by training traffic. Aries establishes communications between the command instructors and all remote locations during the drill, including the hospitals, the reunification center, the EOC, and anywhere else required. A lot of the schools where this training occurs are in somewhat remote areas. Coordination among agencies is a key concern. 
During this exercise, the Coast Guard responded and landed on the school football field as part of the exercise to pick up a victim for transport to the nearest hospital. In the case of this school, the nearest hospital is 35 miles away. This was a great opportunity for Ares to gain more experience and training and to hopefully be more prepared for the next event, whenever and whatever it may be. Thanks to Joe Wright, KG7JWW in Clallam County, Western Washington, Aries, for this report. And we have this report from the Colorado section. The Park County Colorado Radio Club, PCRC, provided communications for the first Colorado Make-A-Wish Trailblaze Challenge fundraiser hike on August 11, 2018. The challenge hike took place on segments 2 and 3 of the Colorado Trail, totaling 23.7 miles. The elevation at the start of the challenge was 6,112 feet, and at the highest point reached 8,290 feet for a total elevation gain from start to finish of 2,178 feet. The average grade along the trail is about 5%, but at places the grade exceeded 18%. 63 hikers hit the trail at 5 a.m. Each hiker collected pledges, and the event was a huge success, expecting to raise over $200,000. The last hikers completed the trek at 7 p.m. Due to the remote location, terrain, and forest, cellular coverage was almost non-existent. Make-A-Wish staff and volunteers were equipped with FRS radios that only provided short-range local communications. PCRC members provided amateur radio service communications between the start, five aid stations, and the finish. The PCRC VHF repeater near Bailey, Colorado, provided excellent coverage of the entire length of the trail. A net control station was established to monitor all the trail communications and, if necessary, to contact local emergency services. As it turned out, the only medical needs over the course of the entire day were to care for a few blisters. Thank you, Mike Borrego, AB0RR in Pine, Colorado, for this fine report. Northwestern Colorado amateurs support road rally with communications, gain access to towers and radio installations. Northwestern Colorado Aries and Oxcom members supported the Rally America the last two years, but no amateur service repeaters or towers were available to completely cover the area. Rally organizers counted on hams for communications for the safety of the road rally drivers. Colorado Section Manager Jack Siachi, WM0G, said, We were able to support them due to our Colorado Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management and Department of Public Safety Relationships and were given 100 handhelds by DHS to be used on the public safety frequencies in that area on state-owned repeaters. Mr. Siachi added, we were able to effectively support this road rally event, but more communications and coverage were needed. This event is important to the economy of the small northwestern Colorado community of Rangeley, and the requests to the state for radio communications came from both the county sheriff and the city council. 
They recognized that amateur radio was the best option for event communications. Mr. Siachi also said, So, for this year, we decided to put in permanent DMR gear and tie it into the Colorado statewide DMR system, which consists of 34 statewide repeaters. Then we can program the frequencies and channels for the road rally or whatever else needs communications there when needed and then leave the DMR repeaters open for routine ham communications the rest of the time. Our Colorado Oxcom relationship with our state allows us to place antennas and repeaters on state or county-owned towers and repeater sites. Now here's a shameless self-promotion. Please let us know if your repeater is airing or if you are listening to the audio version of the Aries e-letter via social media by sending an email to kz3ab at sign arrl.net. Please include the repeater location, frequency, and time. If on social media, please tell us the method by which you are listening. That email address again is kz3ab at sign arrl.net. And if you don't mind, please copy your email to the ARRL Aries e-letter editor, Rick Palm, k1ce at sign arrl.net. I'll repeat Rick Palm's email address. It's k1ce at sign arrl.net. Thanks, and please keep that email coming. Well, it's time once again to pause for a few seconds to allow repeaters to identify. This is the ARRL Aries Audio e-letter for September 19th, 2018. We now end with K1CE for a final, My Project of the Month. Rick Palm writes... DC power management has become a sub-hobby for me. I have two 100-watt solar panels on the roof of my shack, two 31-amp-hour gel cell batteries, a heavy-duty 60-amp power supply, a VHF-FM radio, and an HF transceiver, all fed by wires terminated with power pole connectors. They are managed and connected by a high-power 40-amp battery charging device. I changed all of my connectors to the now ubiquitous power poles years ago and never looked back. Two aspects of the 12-volt power management systems are often overlooked by amateurs, admittedly including myself. The length and gauge of wires. Power is saved when runs are kept as short as possible. And the power supply wire should be heavy gauge, such as AWG number 10, and kept as short as possible. The same applies to the batteries, which should have a fuse in the positive lead directly at the battery's positive terminal. I spent a morning recently replacing all of my 12-volt cables with shorter, larger gauge ones. I fused the positive battery terminal and had fun reorienting myself to installing the power pole connectors. I also placed quick, simple, and inexpensive volt ammeters with power poles at all connections. I bought them from Quicksilver Radio. One final note, and it's an important one. Be careful. 
Any short in the battery wire, connector, or load can cause a fire and battery explosion. People almost never think of 12-volt batteries as dangerous, but they are. Use the utmost of care when wiring your 12-volt management system. One more final note. Have fun! After rewiring everything, I grabbed a cup of coffee, stood back, and admired my handiwork. Short, heavy, fused wires, organized and neat. Yes, we hams are easily amused, aren't we? 73 Rick Palm, K1CE. Well, this concludes the ARRL Aries Audio e-letter for September 19, 2018. The ARRL Aries Audio e-letter is a monthly service of the American Radio Relay League, ARRL, the National Organization for Amateur Radio. The ARRL Aries Audio e-letter is an edited voice version of the ARRL Aries e-letter, compiled and written by Rick Palm, K1CE, in Daytona Beach, Florida. To learn more about amateur radio and the ARRL, or to get the latest in amateur radio news, you may click on www.arrl.org. You may also write us via snail mail at ARRL Headquarters, 225 Main Street, Newington, Connecticut, 06111, or give us a toll-free call at 1-888-277-5289. We are always happy to help answer your questions, and you need not be an ARRL member. Our thanks to this month's contributors. My audio script editor is Al Brown, KZ3AB in Laurel, Maryland, and I'm Tony Riggs, W1FHN, reporting from Lanham, Maryland. Copyright 2018, ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. All rights reserved. 73.